Bait and switch. Have you ever been in that place where you think that you're either signing up for a job at a church or visiting a church? You're promised one thing, but given something else? Hey, what's good? Confessors of a worship leader. Thank you guys so much for downloading this podcast and subscribing. Brandon Dempsey here, and we are truly thankful for all of our spiritually abused survivors and wounded friends, everybody from pastors to worship leaders listening, and those in between, or those out of between, if that makes any sense. So coming back with you, to you, with another podcast, it's been a while, so thanks for hanging in with me. I've been trying to catalog a bunch of video shorts on YouTube. Be sure to hit that up. Go to Confessions of a Worship Leader on YouTube. Search it up, and you'll see a lot of the daily shorts that I've been putting together. A lot of fun. And don't forget Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you're going to catch us there. Uh, New thing, too. I was on Clubhouse just this morning. And Clubhouse has been one of those... um, Sites that you know it—it's really for a, a niche kind of a group. It's not as mainstream as the other platforms, but it's an audio uh, type of platform where you get to talk with others and share. And so, this morning I was on with my brother Sherman Farmer, who's a pastor out in the north uh, northeast coast, New York, baby. Had a great time meeting with him and all of his followers talking about my book, uh, Confessions of a Worship Leader. That's the book I'm writing presently. I just got through writing my first book, Facing the Shadows, and that is right now in the throes of publishing and rewrites. Uh, Facing the Shadow is my personal story of being sexually abused from the ages of 6 to 17. Um, My uh, traumatic experiences, depression, uh, but what God did through me to be a survivor, and, and I continue to heal today, which brings me into confession, Confessions of a Worship Leader because that is the place where, out from my first abuse, I'm seeking refuge into the church and trying to find safety, and then yet there's a bait and switch and I'm delivered something else. So let's get right to it. I've been a worship leader for close to... Well, 25 plus years, whatever. I started early in high school, and I was about probably 17, 16. 16, I led worship for Student Venture. If any of you know who that is, uh, they're Young Life, Young Life uh, Ministries. That That's well known. Uh, Student Venture is a spinoff of that. Uh, basically, they're owned here in the south in Texas, where I'm from, in Austin. And anyway... Uh, Led worship there and started my humble beginnings as following God's call into music ministry, which I thought at the time was a great thing. And you know what? It still is, actually. And to this day, I still lead worship from time to time and volunteer. I'm no longer on a staff anymore, and I've done that part of my life, which has been great. But you know what? What I'm doing right now and writing these books and speaking still across the country. This has been my new pursuit and still helping worship teams also uh, with worship team training. But just kind of giving you a recap of what's been happening in my life and uh, the updates and just been through a lot of healing this, in particular this past year, spring and summer. Um, 
But getting back to the bait and switch, you know, as I was saying about my humble beginnings as a worship leader, thought things were grand and great, um, did a bunch of volunteering and associate type work and uh, what is it? Um, apprenticeship in different churches. And then when I get handed my first full-time job, uh, this was back in the early 90s. Yeah, I said it, the 1990s. And so I get on board with this one big church, big, big church, way bigger than what I've ever deserved. I had no idea why I was there, but I knew God was up to something. And, you know, really that part of my life was a great, great ministry experience. Now, I, I had some touches, flashes of spiritual abuse, but it wasn't anything that was ornate is what I'm about to tell you. Well, this big church had split off to, uh, no, I'm so sorry, that's a wrong word. They didn't split. They birthed a new baby church out of it. And this was a startup church that was going to happen about probably 10 miles from the vicinity of the mothership, and which I was called to be the worship leader, hired by the pastor. Uh, things seemed great at first, getting to know the pastor and, you know, his sure, his wife is on the worship team. Um, okay, I said, but hey, let's give it a go. And I had to scrounge around the big mothership to find people who wanted to come on board with this new church startup and also those who were talented in music and asked if they would join the worship team. Now, by the way, I do write about this story extensively in my book, Confessions of a Worship Leader, as well as other uh, quirky addict. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Addicts. That didn't mean to come out that way. Addicts? No. You know, I've had either too much or too less coffee today. Sorry. Back to my story. Things were great starting out as a worship leader and with this new church. I thought things were great until I remember the first day, the first day I stepped into the office of the pastor. And now this office was not quite the church building. We were still officing in the big mothership. And I remember the first day I stepped in the office, I was running a little bit late because I was in college trying to finish my degree. And the pastor kind of had this, you know, glare daddy look at me looking down his glasses down his nose at me and had the welcoming response of saying well I hope that your lateness is not the same way how you study your Bible when I had it was something to that effect and when I had that slapped on me slapped at me my first thought was okay, um, this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful relationship, or this guy's a little bit quirky, or deep in my gut, I had this feeling like something was way different, and I couldn't put my finger on it. See, I've experienced a few things in the church before. Bad relationships, or people who talk about you behind your back, yada yada, yeah, you know, that happens. Is that spiritual abuse? Well, yeah, it could be. It just depends on the spectrum. Spiritual abuse is simply, all it is, power and manipulation by leaders to control members in some form of twisting a scripture 
or manipulating spiritual matters and to make you do what they want for their own personal gain. That, my friends, is spiritual abuse. So I'm not going to go through the whole story because I'm just giving you a snippet about bait and switch. And I felt bait and switched. I felt like I was promised to have this worship leading position, which I did, promised from the new pastor that, hey, things are going to be great. When I met him at the Mothership Church, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to do this in ministry. We're going to have fun, Brandon. We're going to watch movies together. You know, just all the things that I, I thought I wanted to hear. But when I got there and I had that first interaction of, oh, I hope this is not the same way that you study your Bible, immediately I felt baited and switched. And no, it did not turn out to be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. It became to be a battered relationship. So let's flip this over to you. How do you deal with those kind of experiences? Have you been in a place where it was bait and switch? Have you been in a place where you were trying to seek out a job and it turned out to be something different, way much more than what the pastor explained? Or maybe, and just being a church member, you realize that something wasn't quite right, tried it, and then, man, you're in the thick of something that you don't know how to get out of. Hey, it happens to most of us. But dealing with that situation makes all the difference. And what I have found is that I really had to dig deep, yes, into my Bible, and yes, into my spiritual hood of who I was in Christ, but I was extremely tested. And it paid off where the fact that what I learned from Scripture and I learned how to seek out safe people outside the church, bless their souls, they had God used them to save me. More about that later. But that's the thing. When you are bait and switch, or baited and switched, then you got to seek out people who can help you fast. And I recommend people that are outside the church, outside of the place that you worship. So you're getting a non-biased approach and honest feedback. I've had to go to the, the friends that I had that turned out to be gr- the greatest mentors of mine and ask them, hey, is this, the pastor said this, is this really true of me? Do you see this in me? And, you, you know, when you can ask those questions, you know, is it just me? It, it brings upon a great sense of reality check and also healing that's to come. So, so far, that's my story of bait and switch. I'm sticking to it. And I appreciate you coming in and listening. That is my confession for the day. And remember... Like I always say, the more you talk, the more you heal, and your story matters, and it's worth confessing. Thanks for joining me, guys, and I'll see you here next time. Bye.